أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا من يرتد منكم عن دينه فسوف يأتي الله بقوم يحبهم ويحبونه أذلة على المؤمنين أعزة على الكافرين يجاهدون في سبيل الله ولا يخافون لومة لائم ذلك فضل الله يؤتيه من يشاء والله واسع عليم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي والحمد لله والصلاه والسلام على رسول الله وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمه الله I've taken quite a break but um hopefully to be regular for the remainder of Ramadan الله اعلم um Another episode of uh, Counsel and Healing and an ayah that, that I found striking that I've been meaning to talk to you about um, belongs to Surah Al-Ma'idah. It's a pretty scary ayah, so I'll first uh, give you guys a rough translation of the ayah and then we'll talk about something that I really think just um, just spoke to me very loudly in this ayah. Amanu, those of you who claim to have faith, man minkum whoever might turn back, retreat um, away from your from his religion among you. And soon Allah will bring forward another group, another nation. He, a nation who he shall love and they shall love him. They shall be these people that Allah will replace you with should you want to turn away from your religion. Will be extremely humble and powerless when it comes to their dealings with believers. And they will be authoritative and straightforward and and uh, and strong in their dealings with disbelievers. They will struggle in Allah's path. And they will not fear the blame cast by anyone who casts blame. That is the favor of Allah. He grants it to whoever He wants. And Allah is vast, knowledgeable. This ayah is, first of all, a pretty scary reality. This is Surah Al-Ma'idah. It's one of the last surahs to be revealed to the Prophet So Makkah has basically been conquered at this point. And the, uh, Islam is the dominant religion in the Arabian Peninsula, uh, in the land of Hijaz. That has already happened. Uh, and now Allah is giving us sort of a, you can think of it as the Qur'an's farewell address, the Qur'an's parting advice for the ummah moving forward. How should they think about themselves? And he mentions a reality. There will be people among you that don't want anything to do with the religion anymore. They want to retreat, step back from the religion, right? Man minkum um, And but this is different from what is experienced by a lot of people today. So, to to you know, one of the things that I had to learn in in the course of not only my studies but also engagement with people is a really difficult concept: empathy. So when someone says, "I want to leave Islam." And I've had maybe hundreds of those conversations, probably not exaggerating, maybe more, probably thousands of those conversations of men, women, youth, elders, um, sometimes very senior, saying, I want to leave Islam. I want nothing to do with this religion, right? Um, and you would think first and foremost, how dare they? And you know, what, what kind of confusion they must have and who fed them the wrong information about Islam. But in my experience, overwhelmingly, it has been of the hurt caused to them by other Muslims that actually pushed them away from the religion. Um, and I don't excuse anyone 
and I don't excuse myself for taking such a step. Like if I was to decide to do something wrong or say, Ma'adullah, may Allah protect us from this and keep us in the shade of Islam, that if somebody says that I want to become non-Muslim, I can't blame their parents or their family or their society or the Muslim who not mistreated them, etc. as the cause. They, at the end of the day, every human being has to make their own choices. So they're, everyone's responsible for themselves. However, if someone had a contributing hand in facilitating the, this path, then you cannot wash your hands off and say, well, every person is responsible for themselves. You see, the two extremes that people tend to develop, and I hope you and I don't develop them, is either it's everybody else's fault or it's all my fault, right? Those are all, those are both extremes. Like sometimes things happen and a combination of your own poor judgment and people's mistreatment that facilitated further poor judgment. There's a, it's a complex combination of both of those things. This isn't talking about that. This is talking about people that were now living in Islam under the best circumstances and still something in them wants to deviate away. And it's not because they're traumatized or they don't understand. It's actually more so because they're not happy with Islam itself. They'd like to live a carefree life. They'd like to live a life where some of the things that Quran or Islam consider evil or consider selfish or consider uh, um, destructive as something they'd really like to continue doing. Right, so they feel bad holding on to their evil uh, uh, practices while holding on to Islam because I don't want to feel guilty anymore. I'd rather just be myself. This this idea that I just want to do anything that makes me feel good, and that's that's why I can't be Muslim because I just want to do everything that makes me feel good. Let me tell you, when you want to do anything that you feel like without any restrictions, if I wanted to do that, the Arabic word for that is actually jahal. The Arabic word is jahal. Jahal actually means to be impulsive, to do whatever you feel like, whenever you feel like it. Complete, absolute freedom. Freedom, by the way, being one of this, these cherished, you know, uh, embellished words nowadays. Like, man, we all want freedom, right? Um, and when it comes to the spiritual dimension, it's like we want freedom from the slavery to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? Uh, and we want freedom from what he has guided us to. But that's actually not freedom. That's slavery to your nafs is all that is, is I'm, I'm being a slave to my own temptations and desires and impulses. That's all it is. And it's in the same surah, ironically, that Allah says, afahukmul jahiliyyati yabghun. Is it, the, is it the verdict of jahiliyyah, same word? The verdict of ignorance and impulsiveness? Is that what they want to live by? Is that what they're pursuing? You know? So here in this ayah, if someone does want to pursue the hukum of jahiliyyah, they just, they just want to do whatever they want to do. They don't want to be put any have any restrictions placed on them. Allah says, that's fine. And then Allah will bring forward another nation, another group of people. And so now Allah will describe what is so great about these people. And if we had these qualities, it's like we'd be irre we're irreplaceable to Allah. And if we don't have these qualities, then as a nation, we are replaceable by others. And Allah has done this before, by the way. There are people, there are entire populations of Muslims that were wiped out. And Allah replaced them with other populations of Muslims. That's happened before. There are entire nations that have been destroyed. So here he says, and by the way, the Israelites were replaced by us, according to the Quran. They were, they were the Muslims. So he's perfectly capable of replacing, and he's expressed this to us multiple times. If you turn your backs, he'll replace you with the people other than yourselves, and they won't be the likes of you. He's straight about it. He's just direct about it. You're not irreplaceable. You're not an asset to 
Allah and His Deen. The Deen of Allah is a favor to you. Yamununa alayka naslamu. They think it's a favor on you that they've become Muslim. Tell the Prophet, don't tell me that you've done a favor with your Islam. In fact, Allah is telling you, He's imposing His favor on you. He's reminding you that He's done you a favor, that He guided you to the faith. If in fact you're truthful and, and, and faithful. Anyway, so in this ayah, He says, What will these replacing people be? He shall love them and they shall love Him. So, first of all, they have a healthy relationship with Allah. They turn to Allah, they have good thoughts about Allah, they don't make bad assumptions about Allah, they trust Allah. When Allah tells them something is good for them, they know no matter what anybody else says, that is what's good for me. When Allah says something is bad for them, doesn't matter what their feelings tell them, doesn't matter what their loved ones tell them, doesn't matter what society tells them, they love what Allah told them and they have this love for what Allah has given them. They're content with what Allah has given them. They're not turning to Allah with spite. They have a they have this loving relationship that's at the core of what is between the master and the slave here, the, the, the Muslim ummah that Allah wants to see, the ones that he loves and they love him back. It's a reciprocal relationship. And by the way, that reciprocity is very powerfully you know, articulated here. First he mentions he loves them and then they love him. Why? Because a true believer will actually have their eyes open to how Allah loves me. So what, what shaitan does is makes your eyes open to how, what are all the ways in which God hates you? Right? What are all the ways in which God has abandoned you? In which Allah doesn't care for you? Or what are all the ways in which Allah has made you miserable? But a believer will actually first see what are the ways in which Allah loves me. And they will, they will recognize that and that will make them love Allah more. And then he says, and as a result of this love, now that's inside, yeah? That's inside. What's the, what is the evidence that this is a loving relationship they have with Allah? The, the manifestation of it comes outside They are extremely humble when it comes to dealing with believers They're humble and weak Adhillah actually means I have no self-respect when dealing with somebody In, in fact, I'm completely humbled before them uh, Powerless before them That's the word Adhillah you know? This is a word used even for parents actually From the same origin Lower the wings of humility before your parents and now Allah is saying believers are humble towards each other. And he, he specifically used the word al-mu'mineen here because it's important. Those who are holding on to their faith, those who are struggling with their faith, those who are trying to do their best in their faith, those people were so humble towards them. We're like, it's not just like, you know, Muslims that are tyrannical, Muslims that are arrogant, Muslims that are, you know, uh, bullies, and we're humble towards them. And it's not like that. That's not what this ayah is saying. This ayah is talking about those who are trying to live by their faith. Those who are trying to do their best, those who are trying to struggle even with the most limiting circumstances, they're trying to make the most of their life as a believer. We meet those people and we're humbled by them. You know what? People are humbled by kings. People are humbled by celebrities. People are humbled by employers. People are humbled by governments, authorities. And here we recognize that these are the people that the angels are praying for. It's, it's humbling to be in their presence. It's humbling to be around people like that. And they may not be scholars and famous and all of that, but because you know that these are people of faith, that's humbling to you. You're, you never cross your lines with people like that. And it's a blessing to have people like that in your life and mine. And they are definitely not celebrities. They're, they're a different category of people. They're not known. And you know them. You have them in your family. You have them among your friends. And you know who they are. And those are people that deserve our humility towards them. And on the other flip extreme, they are tough 
uh, and authoritative and even even strong when it comes to their dealings with disbelievers. It's not all non-Muslims al-kafirin here. It's Surah al-Ma'idah. It's a very clear message. These are people that are adamantly spiteful towards our religion and would want us to bend it this way, that way, or the other way. We're straightforward with them. We're not we're not coddling to anybody else's you know uh, suggestions to bend our religion to their will, or to make Muslims more palatable to their expectations. We are who we are. We believe what we believe, and if they want us to to bend their way, we're going to be straightforward and say no. That's not us. Try someone else. You know, I was watching an interview recently on a uh, thing they were talking about. There was a, a reporter asking a Muslim, very intelligent Muslim, mashallah, asking a Muslim. She asked him, well, you know, the, the church has now, um, they have female, um, you know, um, priests and the synagogue has also accepted, you know, female leadership and congregations, etc. When are the Muslims going to catch on? Right? When are we going to catch We're not going to catch on. We have a sharia. We have, a, we have an established way of doing things. We have a legacy that our prophet has left. It has nothing to do with fairness or unfairness to women. And for you to even try to post that and think that we're going to have to respond and say, why are we putting women in the back? Uh, and men in the front and think that somehow we have to justify ourselves is your delusion because our messenger sallallahu gave us the ultimate truth and we're proud of it man or woman and we owe no one when our messenger does not owe an explanation sallallahu alaihi when allah doesn't owe an explanation i don't know one this this is what my messenger said it's good enough for me i don't have to come up with some logical explanation for you to satisfy to your sensibilities to say oh oh that's why you did i guess it's okay then nope I don't have to, I don't want, need you to be okay with this. I don't need you to be okay with a law of Allah or with the sunnah of our Prophet ﷺ. It is what it is. This is Aizatin Ali. Those who try to put us in a corner to say, why don't you justify your religion to me? Why don't you explain to me why this, or, or, or make me realize how it's not barbaric, right? We are clear about our religion, but we're not going to be defensive. That's not our way. Allah has put an obligation on us to clarify what our religion teaches. But He has not, He will never want us to be in a position where we are defending or justifying, you know, as if we're doing something wrong. No, 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 it's not that bad. No, we don't, we don't put ourselves in that position. That means we have no respect for what we believe, you know. So this is Aizatin ala al kafirin. Yujahiduna fi sabilillah. They struggle in Allah's path. They have a mission before them and they struggle in it. And then they, Allah says, Wala yakhafuna lawmata la'imin. And they don't fear the blame cast by any blamer. They, these people will recognize that living as a believer will come with criticism. From those that are close and those outside and those in larger society, the life of a believer will come with criticism. And they're not afraid of it. For the sake of Allah, with Allah in mind, they lose their fear of anyone, anybody who will give any criticism to them. And it's remarkable That doesn't mean that they're deaf to criticism If somebody criticizes my faults I should be all ears But when somebody criticizes my religion Or my practice of this religion My correct practice of this religion And tries to criticize me because of it I'm not afraid of that I'm not afraid of their judgment I don't need to impress them I have no need for it You know We have become conditioned to um, in, in, in our modern sensibilities We've been, become conditioned our, One of the biggest concerns in a person's mind Is what are people thinking about me What likes are they clicking Are they clicking like on my post Are they saying mashallah to what I said Are they impressed with what I'm doing Like 
we're, we're, we're starting to live a life where our entire life revolves around the approval of people, right? And the fear of the disapproval of people. This is the antidote. They are not afraid of the criticism of anyone who casts criticism. They're not, obli- they're not self-righteous, but they're not meek and weak before you know, uh, anybody's opinion. They don't live by other people's opinion. So he says, That is the favor of Allah, He grants it to whoever He wants. This level of confidence in your faith, this level of humility before believers. See, what an amazing ayah, right? There's toughness in it, there's humility in it, there's confidence in it. So you can't say this is teaching Muslims to be arrogant. There's softness in it, they love Allah, Allah loves them. There's gratitude in it. All the dimensions that a believer should combine, like our humility to Allah should not make us weak before people, but it should make us humble to the right kind of people. And because we're humble doesn't mean we shouldn't be tough with those who deserve a tough response. We shouldn't be straightforward with them and strong and stand our ground. That, and that because we're caring about other people doesn't mean we should, be, we should succumb to their opinions. No, we don't afraid, we're not afraid of the opinions of others. It's every dimension that is loved by Allah, by an ummah. Like if we had these qualities, we are a beloved people to Allah and we, we love Allah and Allah loves us. That's what he says in this, this one small ayah and it's, it's remarkable what he captures in it and that's what he calls his favor. That is the favor of Allah. He grants it to whoever he wants. And Allah is vast, knowledgeable. And the vastness of Allah here can be multiple things. The vastness of Allah can be he's vast enough to replace you with someone else. He's got a vast array of choices. But there's another vastness. If you have found yourself not having, I found myself not having some of these qualities, Allah from His vastness can give me some of them. He can give me confidence. He can give me humility. He can give me gratitude. He can give me a renewed sense of loving Allah. He can give me those things because He's vast. He, he, and knowledgeable. So His vastness, like in Surah Al-Talaq, He says, Allah will give them, you know, grant them independence, grant them more and more from His own vastness. Right? So when Allah mentions His vastness, then He's opening up His vaults and saying, these are the qualities you want, I can give them to you. Seek them from me. You know, Seek the means from Him. So may Allah make us those who live up to these remarkable qualities and keep us away from you know, the entertaining the thoughts of you know, retreating from our religion, pulling away from our religion. Because at the end of the day, it's not, it's actually just people. The, the people may be the reason you want to retreat and those people will not be around when you need when, when you need to be saved that's that's only going to be allah man min allah who's going to protect you other you know from allah may allah azza wa protect us all and may allah azza wa you know unite this ummah on humility towards believers barakallahu li wa lakum assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh